Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today, our guest is Meg Kilgannon. She was here almost a year or so ago, and she is a senior fellow for education studies at the Family Research Council. She previously served at the Department of U.S. Education and Department of the Office of Faith and Opportunity Initiatives in the Trump administration. Meg, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Deacon. It's a pleasure. Well, I guess to get started, um, you know, we, we were talking as as you came online and before we started recording, you know, I just kind of was sitting back and looking at all the areas that our children are being targeted from if they're lucky enough not to be killed in the womb, the minute they come out, right, they're bombarded with this uh, abusive sexualization, and it seems like it's coming from all sides. What do you what do you make of that? Well, as we have fewer and fewer children, the com- competition for their minds and their bodies will just increase, and we're seeing that playing out right in front of our very eyes. It's it's um, uh, frightening to contemplate. And I'm very grateful that, uh, you know, we believe in a good and loving God who wants to protect children. And uh, I pray every day that I'm working in that service. Well, and the, I guess the point is we all better be. And when you look around, unfortunately, you see parents, you know, just jumping into this and, and thinking it's the greatest thing, right? We, unfortunately, we just got done this Pride Month. And how many drag queen uh, shows did we see or parades where, I mean, just obscene gestures and things are being done right in front of children with parents sitting there and smiling. Right. Those, the, 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 that is really troubling and a, and a, a matter for prayer because we, as parents, of course, I want to respect the right of other parents, but at the same time, I want to honor the dignity of children and their rights to to their their minds, their innocence, right, and and to to have their bodies not be uh, not be used sexually or mutilated in in service of, of gender ideology. So um, I think the the as troubling and, and as difficult as June has become for many of us, and I hope that since we have the wonderful overturning of the Roe decision with the Dobbs case on uh, the Feast of the Sacred Heart uh, at the end of June, maybe we can take June back and instead of celebrating Pride Month, we can celebrate Life Month. <laughs> That's going to be my plan for next year. But yeah. Um, yeah. But, but Deacon, um, the, the, the thing that was positive about seeing those things is that we did see them. Right. It is right in front of your face. And it's a time for choosing. Are you going to be on the side of the people who would sexualize children in this way and who would submit them to these perversions and indignities? Or are you going to be on the side that protects children and honors human indignity? And um, this this choice is becoming clearer and clearer uh, as time goes on. Well, they're definitely uh, the gray area has vanished and it is really black and white. And we do uh, and are able to make those choices. You know, the problem is um, there really seems, you know, first of all, children start off as a commodity in people's minds. Right. We see all this surrogacy going on. We see same sex couples, you know, buying their children and then being irritated when they don't come out 
the, the, the sex that they want. It really, it, it starts at the very beginning when we don't value them at conception and we treat them like a commodity where two people can walk into a store and pick out all the attributes they want and decide we're going to raise children without their biological mom and dad because it's all about what we want, not about what's in the best interest of the child. I mean, are you seeing, are you, are you feeling that same wave where, and even conservatives like Dave Rubin, who claims to be a conservative, uh, you have people jumping on his side, like uh, Jordan Peterson talking about raising kids without a mom or without a dad and, and, and making that seem okay. Well, this is the rush to affirm the the actions of adults and the desires of adults instead of a defense of the rights of the children involved. You're right. Children are not commodities. Uh, they, they are blessings from God, and they are the result of the marital act between a man and a woman in marriage, hopefully, right, <laughs> under the best yes. circumstances. So, you know, this, this, um, the idea that you can just place an order for children and that, that, that order will be filled is, is just, it's terrible to contemplate. And, um, it, it is, it is disturbing when leaders who are seen as conservatives, um, will, uh, will embrace these values. Um, that's why when you're when you're existing in a two party system where you have Democrats and Republicans, when you see one side and in this case, it's the Democratic side going completely off the cliff, off the rails in service of their radical agenda that is, you know, pro abortion and pro everything that a, a Catholic would be against. Um, then where do the people in the middle go? They end up coming over to our team. <laughs> and then we see this sort of um, dilution of our true conservative ideals. So we need to be, we need to be firm in our, uh, in our assertion of basic truths and uh, not be, not be fooled by folks who want to come over to our side because their side's not so great <laughs> Um, right. They don't get to boss us around once they get over here, right? <laughs> we're still, right. We, we have a value system, we have a set of beliefs, and uh, we're sticking to those. Well, and I think that's the point. I think that's that's what needs to happen. I, I, I think it's happening at some degree, but it, obviously it needs to increase. But I think maybe we can kind of go through, just so people are aware of all the, you know, the ways that our children are being attacked. And, you know, I know... Uh, the Family Research Council just came out with a, an article just the other day, you know, the Center for Grooming Children about the CDC, right? And they have a mm. chat line for LGBTQ kids and a forum that's, that's really designed to help them question how they were created. Um, the CDC is really, you know, been a problem even before COVID, but they've lost credibility with COVID. And now it seems like they have their sights set on our kids, doesn't it? Well, this this um, th the revelation of this site being on the website at the Center for Disease Control is just really disturbing on many many levels. I mean, the idea that to affirm someone in their identity means teaching them how to have sex, and doing that in a forum that's online and designed to mix children between the ages of thirteen and nineteen. Um, th this is just 
this is beyond the pale, right? We we wouldn't we wouldn't accept the fact that a 13 year old girl would need to be taught about her sexuality by a 19 year old man, right? But for some reason, when these identities fall into this LGBTQ umbrella, um, we don't recognize this as sexual sin. We we for some reason think that it's incumbent upon us to as a society, invest taxpayer money in um, featuring this kind of material uh, and aiming it at children. Well, and I guess it really shouldn't be a surprise when we see, you know, the administration, you know, putting our children in the crosshairs. But, you know, just within the last few days, the Assistant Secretary of Health, uh, Levine, who's living under the delusion that that he is a woman, comes out promoting uh, puberty blockers, radical surgery, because we need to do whatever in the best interest of the kids, which he seems to think kids know and have their best interests, which any of us who are parents uh, realize how many knuckleheaded things our kids do that without our guidance, they'd have no chance in this world. Well, and this is an example of a person who is stating the rules are for thee, but not for me, because he has children. He did not pursue this in a way that compromised his fertility, right? But he's advocating that children pursue this gender lifestyle at a time when they have their procreative years in front of them. And when you go down this path, you put at risk and in some cases completely remove the possibility of being able to procreate in your future. And an 11 or a 12 year old, an eight year old child that you're putting on puberty blockers, there's no way that they can contemplate what they're truly putting at risk and possibly losing at that point in their lives. And so it's incumbent upon us as parents and concerned adults to protect children and to protect their future fertility. Uh, so that they can live as God designed them to live and free from this kind of ideological pressure. So this this, uh, gentleman at HHS um, is not, he's he's not experienced the very worst of the repercussions of the agenda that he's, he's pushing on our children. Yeah, well, basically, they're promoting child abuse. And, you know, whether you take your kid to a drag queen show or you're pushing puberty blocking drugs or any of this, it really is child abuse. And, you know, I know you follow the education piece of it quite a bit. Right. How many how many videos have we seen over the last several months? Right. Where teachers are going on TikTok talking about how they're promoting all this gender fluidity and the LBGTQ agenda on kids as, as young as preschool. I mean, they're, they're, they really, it, 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 it's so demonic, it's almost hard to believe, isn't it? Well, it is, and I, and I would, would challenge especially our, our schools of education uh, at Catholic universities and at Christian colleges who are, who are turning out teachers into the workforce. I certainly hope that the curricula they're offering does not include these ideologies, is not using Pedagogy of the Oppressed by Paolo Fieri as part of their training for teachers. I hope that these colleges that are coming from a Christian worldview are 
teaching the goodness and the beauty and the truth of Western civilization and and the the freedom that you experience when you conform your life to the will of God. Um, these are the kind of people that we want coming out of Christian institutions and going into the public school system to to be a, a witness of that truth. Um, and it's sorely needed. <laughs> it's desperately needed. And we see that need um, when we see the videos on sites like Libs of TikTok with the, 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 the kind of uh, agenda that some of the teachers are leaving, leaving college with. Well, and I would say to that point is just because somebody calls themselves Catholic or Christian, you know, parents and grandparents or whoever need to do their due diligence, because if it's a Jesuit institution, you can pretty much be assured they have bought into the worldview. Um, because if you look at sites like the Newman Cardinal Newman Society that, you know, evaluates mm. Catholic higher education, there is not one Jesuit university that cuts mustard and, and makes it on their list. So just because there's a name, I think, to your point, uh, we can't just assume that they're doing the right thing. You really have to do the research behind it. Um, I do have a question, uh, you know, I don't know if just recently, and I think she's brought it up before, but Betsy DeVos, who used to be the uh, education secretary, is talking about, you know, getting rid of the Department of Education at the federal level and just let the states handle that. What are your thoughts on that? Um, well, that would be great. I, I, I'm not confident that it will actually happen, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. it certainly would be, it would be the optimal situation. Um, I worry sometimes, uh, I'm not saying this about Secretary DeVos, obviously, I'm just, just conservatives in general. When you take this approach that we need to just get rid of the Department of Education or the Department of Energy, it, it in some ways can excuse you from coming up with conservative policies in those areas. And um, th this, when, when, when our side is in charge at those departments, we need to be implementing policy that reflects our values. And as you do that, I'm sure you can find areas that could be closed off or shut down, and we should be doing that, right? Taking it, taking it down piece by piece um, by running it effectively, I think is a, is a great strategy. Um, but certainly the ideal would be to go uh, to, to, to have fewer government agencies overall and less government. Well, I know the last time we spoke, you you had done like a boot camp for parents and individuals to get involved in local school boards um, so that they can have a say in what's going on in their local school district. Because to be honest, to send your kid to public school right now uh, is not in their best interest, is it? In, in many cases, it can be uh, a very dangerous situation. Um, and, and given the crisis in the family and the fact that so many children are, are being raised in single family parent homes, um, that, that is sometimes the only option that, that folks have is to go to public school. So we're, we're hoping that, um, that the, re-entry, so to speak, of of Christians and people with a biblical worldview into this space will improve it. Because certainly the fact that we're not there and not represented there now, we see what we get, right? A very dangerous and, and uh, you know, not informative uh, in any good way place for kids. So we're hoping that 
folks who want to be involved can run for school board and can start um, governing schools in a way that, uh, you know, decreases the uh, power of the diversity, equity, and inclusion office, for example, and <laughs> increases the need for um, learning your multiplication tables and how to write in cursive and your state capitals and all those things that we learned when we were in school, <laughs> Deacon, um, yeah. th that children have a, have a right to be taught. Well, this is where, you know, school That's choice... Right. Yeah, school choice and vouchers become, you know, give parents a little more uh, ammunition to be able to find what's best for their kids. Even if you are a single parent, if you have that opportunity, um, where we see that starting to happen in some states and the judiciary, I'm sure will get involved in that. But that is one way to be able to see that. But, you know, I saw an article the other day that somehow the city of New York is shocked that the uh, number of kids in New York public school has fallen by, it was, I don't know, a hundred and some thousand last year, and they've lost another 30,000 going into this year. It's almost like either they're playing stupid or they really don't understand that their policies, whether it comes about COVID or this transgender ideology and sexualization, parents are saying enough, aren't they? Yes, um, there was a, an interesting report from the government in Pennsylvania along those same lines, Deacon, and they were attributing, they were trying to figure out why the workforce was shrinking, and they came up with the fact that more parents are choosing one person to stay at home for to care for children and to care for the elderly in their families, because you'll remember that in Pennsylvania, when <laughs> our friend Dr. Levine was uh, yep. head of the health department there. They were putting the COVID patients into the into the nursing homes, right? And and I, you couldn't see your family in the nursing homes, right? So it's it seems like we're going through a bit of a political realignment and a cultural realignment where we're starting to bring our family closer to ourselves and and keep our families together, and that's a wonderful and beautiful thing to happen. So yeah, I mean, it'll be it interesting to see how how we remake our culture. You know, our we we built the public education system, and it is for the good of the public. And it is it is not appropriate that only one point of view controls those hundreds of millions, and in some cases years, billions of dollars that we spend of our of our public money. This is tax money that they're using in service of very radical agendas that don't reflect the values of mainstream America. So that's happening because Christians left the field, right? We just left the, the arena and we need, we, we can't allow that to continue. Uh, our children's minds are, are too, too valuable. And so yeah. we need Christians to be engaged. Well, we definitely do. And you know what, as, as parents, right, we are supposed to be the number one educators uh, we can't rely on schools or churches or whatever, yet they can help, but we are supposed to be the number one educators. And we, when we abdicate, we kind of see what takes place. But even in, you know, the general sphere of the world, right, we have Disney promoting this gender ideology and them losing, you know, mil hundreds of millions of dollars on their stock prices. Uh, we even have, you know, you know, one of the things I think people forget, even this this Jeffrey Epstein trial that's taken place and all these things were going, all these mm -hmm. high rollers, right, that were partaking in pedophilia, not one name has been released. It really seems like 
we, all we care about is the adults and the reputation and kids, you know, the hell with you. Right. Again, with the with the affirmation and the serve in working in service of adult agendas and adult gratification and not considering the impact that has on children and families. We just we have our priorities in the wrong place. If you protect children's rights to you will never have that. That will never if you're doing it in an authentic way, parents rights will always be honored in that in that paradigm, right? Because children belong to their parents. God gave us these children as gifts to care for. And so if we as a society work together to protect the rights of children, we'll always be affirming the rights of their natural parents. Well, which is what we we should be doing, which, you know, and some people are, but unfortunately not enough. And we can't let the minority rule the majority, especially when they have an you know, a non-moral pagan worldview of things, because we know that just spells disaster. I mean, you know, they're basically, uh, you know, worshiping Baal and, and sacrificing children for their own wants and needs. And we just see how the family and the world starts to crumble when that, when that kind of mindset takes place, don't we? We absolutely do. I mean, and we know as, as Christians, uh, this, these are not these aren't new problems. We didn't just suddenly invent same sex attraction and LGBTQIA plus whatever moniker you're going to give it <laughs> since 1950 and the sexual revolution, right? These are ancient, ancient problems, very human sins that we've seen play out in societies all across human history, and it, that 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 means that w- we know that we. We can't, we must fight this. And with God's help, we can protect children and families. Well, I think that's a good point, because to be honest with you, no matter who you elect, they can help with the problem. But this is, it's in God's hands now in in our relationship with the Lord to take this upon ourselves to solve these problems and, and let the Lord guide us. Because if we expect one man or one woman to come in and just change everything, after all the years and decades of, of you know, terrible policies and amoral thinking, we're really, we're really just, you know, spitting into the wind. It, is, it isn't going to happen, right? We have to look at ourselves in the mirror and ask the Lord for guidance and, and do things at a family level and really take the bull by the horns, don't we? Absolutely. The family is the building block of the nation state, and the nation state is our only defense against globalism, which is always godless. So we must, must preserve our families. And that starts, of course, with each individual person and making sure that that we are truly seeking God's will for our lives and trying to be uh, a model of uh, be a Christ-like example in our, in our daily living. Um, and and that's, that's, you know, it's hard. (laughs) It's hard. Uh, But that's what we're called to do. Well, and we were kind of warned about that, right? We were told we were going to be like sheep sent among wolves, right? That the, the devil is a prowling lion. I mean, we, all this stuff is more know that if the world hates you, it hated me first. None of this should be surprising to us. And we should really take it as a, a moniker of, you know, valor to remind ourselves that we are the church militant. And 
That means we have to defend truth with love, but we have to defend truth. And the people that are attacking our kids aren't necessarily the enemy, but they're souls that need to be saved too. Because in the end, nobody, everybody's looking for that love, joy, and peace. And we're not going to find it following, you know, the rules of Moloch, are we? No, that's, that's absolutely right. Um, everyone wants to be known truly and loved truly. And, um, for, for folks who think that that, that comes only through, uh, the, a sex act, that they're, they're missing a, a big part of, of being truly known and truly loved, uh, because we know that that happens through God's plan for our vocations, whether they be marriage or the priesthood or religious life. Um, so yes, it's, it's so important for, for each of us in our personal lives to strive for holiness, uh, and, and to, to be the, the, the most sincere and, and best, uh, uh, make our sincere and best attempt at doing that. Well, we're down to a little over a minute to go. And, you know, I, I really appreciate what you guys do at the Family Research Council and how, you know, everything's based on a, you know, a biblical worldview, which unfortunately people have lost uh, uh, somewhere down the road. But the good news is you can always get it back. And so how can people follow what you're doing? And are you guys working on anything that people need to know about right now? Well, the the articles you mentioned are in our new online publication called The Washington Stand, which is news designed to come from a biblical worldview. So um, I hope that your listeners will visit the, the website for The Washington Stand and get on the mailing list. And every morning you can get a, a little news update uh, uh, from a biblical worldview. And then at um, www.frcaction.org slash schools, we have our school board boot camp materials. I hope that people in your audience will pray about what they can do to help our educational system, whether it is the Catholic school system, the public school system, some other private school system, or their home, even their own home schools. What can you do to improve that? And how can we serve others uh, and protect our children? Um, because they have a right to, to be educated in a way that allows them to have a relationship with God and to love themselves, love their families, and love their country, and, and serve their Creator. Respect Life Radio is produced by Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com.